Hey everyone, we have Sean and Lacey here. We're going to be live for just a little bit and just talk about some things going on in the industry, some trends, some shifts, ask Sean some questions, ask Lacey and I questions, and um, just kind of get to know Sean today. We're just going to kind of put him on the hot <laughs> and we're just going to rapid fire at him probably, right Lacey? What do you want to do today with Sean? That is the plan. And I, I do have, I did prepare a few questions in case we um, don't have as many questions come in at the top. So um, I'm actually just going to get right into it, Sean. Cool. Yeah. Let's do it. Um, <clears throat> I want to talk about, you know, the, we've had photographers on here who are very creative. You are very creative, but we haven't had anyone on here who as, is as um, uh, intense with your business coaching. You are like, business coach extraordinaire. And um, I just wanted to ask you, where did you, like, what was the moment when you realized I want to do more education? Oh, that's a great question. Um, I, I think I've always had like the heart of a teacher. Mm -hmm. um, and what I mean by that is like, I've always had a willingness and a want to help others. And so one of the things is when I, when I got into the industry, it was like probably 2013 is like 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. And so back then, I mean, Vicky can probably attest to this. It was like, maybe there was like, there was mostly in-person education. It was a little bit of online trainings, but it was like a very kind of, not necessarily like you have to do this and you have to do that, but it was, it was more structured for sure, where it was more formulaic. It was more like, if you do this, then you will find success. Right. Yeah. And honestly, it's like the way I coach, the way I teach it really, I don't believe that you can run a business with kind of a one size fits all formula. We're not all out here to, to franchise a McDonald's, right. It's like, yeah. You know, with McDonald's, they're like, hey, you got to do this. You got to do this. You cook the fries in this oil. You take the customer's orders this way, right? Like, we're not in this to run franchises. We're in this to run a business that works for us. For us. Yeah. And so with my coaching, you know, I, I saw a need in the industry at that particular time where it was like, let's move away from, hey, if you do this, you're going to find success to, well, where is it that you want to go? What is mm -hmm. it that you want to do with your business? And um so I think it's like the, the moment that I saw that as something um, that we're, there was a need, it's kind of like one of those things. It's like once you identify that there's a need, why not be the one to help fill that? Um, and so um, and I've always thought like I'm, I'm always more of like a business person. Like when people are like, oh, you're you know, you're a photographer, right? It's like I really don't think of myself as a photographer. I think of myself first as like a business person. It's kind of like, you know, if you run your business like a business, you're going to be successful. And so um, a lot of my mentors in my early days, um, one, I attribute this to immensely. He's kind of more on like the sports side of things. But he always said, he, he says, as long as you run it like a business, you're going to be okay. Basically, there are a lot of good photographers that are bad business people, yes. a lot of great business people that are photographers. And as long as you're the latter, you're going to be okay. Yeah. As long as you can run a business well, as long as you can run it effectively. So um, really, it was just kind of a, a mix of what was being taught. A lot of like posing courses, a lot of like stuff. There was, you know, there wasn't a ton on on education at the time, especially in kind of that um, 
online marketing space. So I, I don't know. I just I felt drawn to it to, to help others just kind of guide through it in, in a way that isn't just like, hey, do this, do that, and and it'll be good at the end of the day, right? It's it's really how do you structure it in a way that works for you? So I hope that somewhat answers your question. Yeah, I met you in 2016 at Push 2016. Yeah, it's been a minute. And you were wanting to be helpful at that point. So three years into your career. And then I, I believe it was 17 at the Modern Teen Summit that was you first spoke. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was on like... Um, it was somebody the other day and they were like, we found you on like Periscope. And so it was like doing par- oh. back when the days of like Periscope. So that was like 2018. Oh, 16. Yeah, it was 16. Yeah, yeah. like 2000, right, right around then. Yeah. Um, and it was just, you know, it was, uh, and I'm not, I'm not claiming to know everything far from it, but it's like in the areas that I did know is the marketing, the branding, that sort of thing is kind of really where, um, where I got started just because I did see it was there were people in the industry that were struggling on that front. And it was at that point where it was like, you know, I kind of saw that um, as like almost like an exponential parabolic leap in my business at that point where it was like, oh, okay, you know, what I'm doing is actually it has some merit, like there's actually some method to my madness, so to speak. Yeah. And I've been around this industry long enough to see the shifts and the, I call it the waves. We ride the waves. When you say, Lacey, you've been around a long time too. Um, Yeah. uh, About the same amount of time as Sean, I believe 10 years ish. Um, And I, I have to say, you know, when I first started, I went to one really big photography conference and what you were saying, Sean is so true. There was like this one size fits all model and as someone from California, I had taken um, a class and people were like, you know, it's all about wall art. It's all about wall art. You have to sell wall art. In California, we don't have large homes because we're packed in. Uh, I'm not saying, you know, that none of my clients buy wall art. But if you're comparing, um, you know, there's no room for like a 26 by, you know, 34 in most homes in in california um so when we were when i was like you know really pushing these wall art murals it wasn't working for me and i'm like well everyone else you know why why is it that you know the cost of of living here and they're selling all of you know and i'm like trying to understand why this is happening and it wasn't until i like took a big step back and said okay I need to apply certain things that I've learned and totally change it around. So when people like you come into the industry and say, you know, this may work for you or this may work for you, what is your individual goal? I think that is so incredibly important to the industry. Um, you know, I I have mentored a few people and I I think it's really important that we always factor in, you know, the end goal for each person. And that is a very unique thing that happens in these mass education um, conferences. So it's, you know, I've had the privilege to learn from you as well. And it's really nice to um, have someone that's doing that. Well, thank you. Yeah. Yeah, And I mean, you're exactly right. At the end of the day, it's like, you know, um, for me, for the kind of the niche of, of photographers that I coach, it's really those photographers that want to run kind of like a medium size boutique business. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was funny. I was actually talking to Matt Hodgman at, um, at push 
So he's, you know, kind of the customer service experience guy that I work with at, at White House. And, you know, I even said something, I was like, I uh, said something about medium volume. And he, he asked me the question, he's like, well, what is medium volume to you? Because in the grand scheme of things, like what medium volume means to him is very different because he's working with photographers that are doing thousands of clients a year. Yeah. Right. Not just like dozens, but like thousands of clients, like really big volume studios. And he's like, see, like to me, medium is like 300 a year. Like mm -hmm. that's like medium. So we're still like small. And for me, it's like in the senior industry. Yeah. It's like, that makes sense where there are photographers that will do volume studios. And if you think of like mm -hmm. the people that do, um, you know, not necessarily like the, the life touch stuff, but it's like, they're going to the schools, they're working with, you know, thousands of people on a, on a daily basis mm -hmm. versus us where it's like, you know, we'll work with one client a day. Yeah. It's a very different um, kind of realm that you need to look at. And so it's like, I don't teach people to run, you know, hundred, you know, volume studios with hundreds of mm -hmm. people a year. But if you want to do that, like, we'll, we'll figure out a game game plan to make that happen. It just, mm -hmm. it looks a lot different than being a one person show. You know, it's like, then you're talking about hiring teams, but it's like, that's not what everybody wants. So it's like, you can't gear your education towards just kind of a broad kind of put everybody in the same, you know, same circle. I, I agree with you 100%. For me, a medium studio is like 30 to 60 people a year. Mm -hmm. And I've always told people when I talk to them, if someone tells you this is how it's got to be done, run. Mm -hmm. I feel like we have to factor in our own individual needs and we have to factor in whether or not we're making a profit. Yep. Yeah. And there's, it's, it's it's not a one size fits all, like you said, Sean. So no, and yeah, there are like there are principles to follow. You, follow right where it's mm -hmm. like you know there are some things I speak of where it's like you need to do this, mm -hmm. but it's things like if you don't provide value to your clients, they're not going to book you. Like that applies to to everything. Or it's like if you don't price yourself appropriately, then you're not going to have a business for very long. Like there are principles to live by, but it it's it's how do you fit those principles into a way that works for you and your business. Exactly. And, you know, there are a lot of people out there that are not charging for, and I'm getting to a point with this, for their models, their, their rep teams, their rep programs. Mm -hmm. so, you know, those are things that you need to do in order to sustain and keep your doors open at the end of the day. Yeah. And before I forget, that leads us to this question from Kara today. She replied to the newsletter and was like, how do I find seniors to apply to my senior rep program? And there are many ways to go about this, but I would love to hear your take on this because we're in that season for a lot of photographers. I like to start in October. I'm behind. I haven't done it yet. Yeah. But I'm ready it's for, to. for me or Lacey. It's for you, Sean. You Lacey oh, is okay. not seat. It's you. <laughs> so the first, I mean, the first thing is I think, you know, the number one must, oh, Caracos. I already asked that in Sean's group coaching call, so feel free to make it. <laughs> um, so for those who weren't in the call this morning, I think like the number one mistake that I see a lot of people making is kind of the point you touched on, Vicky, where it's like doing it for free. Ugh. And the reason that I say that is that in my opinion, it's the quickest way to get a team that looks really good on the outside and then fizzles out after year one. Mm -hmm. It's not sustainable in the long term. Because if you look at it, they're not going to be committed. 
They're not going to want to actually be a part of the team. They're, they're just there for the free stuff. And I think that we can all probably say we'd rather work with people that value what we do than are there for just the free stuff or, or what we give them. So what I would say is even if it's scary to you, put some sort of barrier to entry to your team. Okay, because what that's going to do is that's going to weed out the people that are just in it for the free stuff. And you're going to get a better quality applicant that's going to make your life much more enjoyable moving forward. So mothers, it'll be much more enjoyable. Oh, yeah. It's like it makes everything better. Right. And then once you kind of are like, okay, how do I find more people? Then it becomes, okay. well, what networks do you currently have access to? Who can you reach out to? So um, in the early days, it was like, uh, I remember reaching out to pretty much anybody that had a senior or soon to be senior, I should say, start with the juniors. I remember reaching out to um, coaches at high schools or um, they're not going to be able to like, oh, yeah, contact this person, right? Because that violates a lot of like school privacy laws and stuff. But the coach is able to give the information. I remember um, literally just sitting there and asking Anybody who I thought might even remotely be a junior, hey, you know, I've got this, like, put yourself out there. Um, And so that's something I see with a lot of people where they're like, well, I ran a Facebook ad and it didn't work. I ran an Instagram ad or I posted some reels because, you know, people say reels gets great reach. And it's like, okay, but you're essentially just running it to a cold audience. There's no sort of, um, there isn't sort of any connection that they have with you. So like, what's going to lead them to you? So first step that I would do is, is start working on like model calls and building a portfolio. Um, so, and if you're past that step, chances are you've worked with at least four or five seniors, likely last year, if not more, reach out to them, ask for three to five names of people who are, are going to, uh, potentially be juniors next year. Uh, or will be juniors next year from clients that you've already worked with. So there's already some sort of relatability. They already kind of know who you are to an extent. And then simply reach out to them, send them a message and get really clear on like why it is that you're doing the team. Are you just doing it just to make money and fill your calendar? And if you are, that's okay. Like that's absolutely a business model to have, but is it just, you're going to give them some stuff and that's a shoot or are there, are there other elements to it? Like, Are they going to connect with the team? Are you going to do some team events where it's going a little bit beyond photos? Is there a community service component? Um, What types of people are you looking for? Like who fits the mold? Like get really clear on what you want that team to look like and then kind of work backwards from there. And that's, I think that's the best way of doing it is go to where you want it to be and then say, okay, well, what are the steps to make that happen? And it's just, it's, it's just working one step at a time. You don't have to have it all figured out to start. It's just taking the next step. It's kind of like, um, you guys remember like Indiana Jones where he's like, is it the Holy Grail one where he has to go get the Holy Grail and he has to, there's a, like a crevice and he has to like walk. And it's not until he takes that first step that he like, mm-hmm. like the, the ground, it's invisible when it appears, right? You have to take that first step, even if it's like scary AF, you gotta yeah. do it. And the next step will appear after that. And I want to add to that really quickly that I have seen a lot of people go, oh, yeah, and I only have four people on my team this year. That's okay. Yeah. It, started, it starts that way. And or rather also, than I only have four people, I have four people that want to do yes. what I'm doing. 
and actually are invested in me. It's not, I only got four people. It's I got four people yes. that actually trust and, and took the leap of faith to work with me. Right. Exactly. And I think there's something to be said for smaller teams. Um, every year I have made my team smaller um, because, well, besides the first year, which I had five girls and then I went to like way too many girls and I was like, okay, I need to do less. I need to do less. I need to do less. I need. And now I'm <clears throat> down to like 12. And that is like where I want to be personally. Mm -hmm. And you have to see what you want, um, you know, what time investment you want in a team. And for me, because I do a few more shoots or I do a few more community um, things that I, it's easier for me to do it with 12 girls, you know. And so I think. People need to understand that um, it's not about volume. It's quant or quality over quantity. So they need to keep that in mind when they are, you know, looking at teams. Yeah. Do you want to eat a thousand crappy tacos or have 10 really good tacos? Right? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, if there are other questions too. We should be able to have them. They should pop up yeah. from the Facebook group, right? Yeah, uh, everyone feel free to ask questions um, about really anything industry related. This is not like a, a very, we're only talking about this, this and that. We, we are running, you know, the gamut. Well, Sean, why don't we kick off with, you're going to be coming up a lot with Senior Style Guide. We love you over here. And um, the next thing we're going to see you at is uh, CEO 2023. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And push 2023. So you want to talk about what you're going to be teaching in CEO this year? Yeah, yeah, totally. So um, for that class, it's all about overcoming the biggest things that I see most photographers being held back on. And so that's going to really focus on three areas. And I, I, I'm even cheating because I have it pulled up right in front of me right now <laughs> as I'm putting the final touches on that all. But it's really about what can you do <clears throat> to become more productive with less time? I see that as a huge thing that happens with photographers where all of a sudden they're, they go through their day and they're like, what did I even do? Okay. Mm -hmm. What did, what did I get accomplished? And especially happens in the slow seasons too, where it feels like we're just kind of, you know, taking a breather. And sometimes that breather becomes a little bit too much of a breather. And, and all of a sudden you look back at the end of your slow season, and you're like, what did I accomplish? The other is how do we create what I call less friction with our clients. Essentially, how do we remove what is actually holding your clients back from doing what you want them to? Mm. Okay. And these can be simple things. It's what we're doing in our business. And then the last is implementing social media strategies that are not working. Okay. And that's like, it's like, you know, why are you posting a bunch of reels and not getting any results? Well, it's probably because you're taking the actions, you're just doing the wrong things. It's kind of like you're staying busy just to stay busy, right? Mm -hmm. So we're going to touch on those three things a lot more in depth, give some actionable stuff. And, and of course, some some sweet bonuses uh, coming for, for people my way as well. That's awesome. And I love how you are always identifying the problem and then providing the solution. And I think that mm -hmm. that is really helpful in this industry. You touched earlier on... Um, how when you start in the industry, there wasn't, it was more in-person. We okay. saw it swing to yeah. online a lot. And um, now we're seeing it swing back to in-person, but I feel it's important to offer both in-person and online because there are still those people that 
are not ready to take that leap. A thousand percent. And I believe the CEO helps people identify because we have a lot of speakers on the lineup. We have a lot of new people. I am so excited to share this lineup, which will be Monday, February 6th. We will be announcing the lineup and everything. And the classes will start at the very end of the month like they always do. Um, and so it's important that that we have conferences online as well as in person. But a push. Nothing beats seeing you and Lacey and everyone in person. There is just like this this energy and this bubble. I mean, Lacey, you came to push in 2021 for the first yes. time. Yes. You're back speaking um, as someone who is new to push. Sean has been at every push since 16. He only missed the 15. <laughs> yeah. It's actually true. Yeah. yeah. So um, Lacey, as a newcomer to push, mm-hmm. what, what do you feel about in-person education? And well, first, can I, yeah. Something too. When you said like, there are some people that aren't ready. I actually disagree with that. I think that you are ready, whether you know it or not. Yeah. Because I, and I don't know if I've ever told you this, Vicky. So 2014 class of 2014 was like, that was like my first, like kind of realm into the, the senior world. Okay. Or maybe it's 15 class of 2015. <clears throat> when I booked my push ticket, I was not super profitable in my business at that point. It was the gap in between when I booked my push ticket, because it goes on sale, what, uh, November typically each year? Well, it was September back then because it was in July. So, okay. So then September, I had not gone through a full senior season yet. Mm -hmm. And when I got to push, it was like, it was that exponential leap in my business. But when I first came to push, it was like, it was a scary leap to get there. Like it was a lot of my profit going to push. But I knew that in if, if I truly wanted to make the business happen, it's kind of like act how you want to be or, or act right. as the individual, act as the CEO you want to be, right? So it's like, if you're taking time doing actions that are antithetical to where you want to be, you're not going to get there. And so even if you feel like you're not ready, it can be that step that really forces you to think like that. So even if you think you're not ready, like chances are, even if you're considering it, you are ready. A lot of people think they're not ready. And so they're not in their minds ready to take the action. They, they see the ticket price like, Ooh, that's a lot of money, Mm -hmm. but they don't understand the return on that investment. That's the whole point of it. Um, And and I love that Sean, because I remember when you first came, you were just starting out and it was, you know, I love watching that with the attendees. Lacey, what were you going to say? I'm sorry. Well, I wanted to um, talk about, so there's the educational aspect of going to a conference, Mm -hmm. but then there is also the emotional aspect of going to a conference. That is so important. I actually, my CEO is about burnout and I think it's very important. There's there burnout is about, um, you know, we have so many factors, but part of it is we work alone. And lacking that social aspect in your business can contribute to burnout and going to conferences and going to workshops are kind of like a reinvigorating moment, at least for me. Um, And I'm sure it's the, it rings true for many. And it's also a place where, you know, when we want to find people that are part of our tribe, you know, as photographers, we're all singular business owners and that's tough. So you're finding your tribe there. You might come home and go, oh my gosh, you know, I just met someone who's 
like me, but they live in, you know, wherever, Ohio. So now you get to have these pin pals of sorts that you get to hang out with once a year, which is incredible. It's such a fun, um, emotional reinvigoration for your business as well. So, um, and as a newcomer to push, I, I hadn't gone to a ton of conferences, um, and it wasn't that I didn't value them. It was just the one conference I had gone to um, that wasn't senior aspect. It was just like way overwhelming for me. And why I like boutique conferences like Push is because you get more individual education. You meet people that are more in your niche market. Um, so that's, I think there's something to be said about Push, especially um, that it's, it's the perfect amount of people. It's the perfect amount of time. And you are going to work very hard and learn so much that your brain is like, ah, I need to write everything down. But you come back with all these new ideas and friends, which is amazing. Well, and not going against push or any other conference, a conference is only as good as the tools you implement when you go home. You yeah. could be handed everything. And if you don't implement one thing, it's not going to do you any good. Yeah. I joke. I was like, I always wish I could teach by like diffusion or like the minute I say something like it's automatically put into their brains and like they're actionable, you know, they're taking action and doing it in actionable ways. And it's like, it doesn't exactly. work like that, but yes. it's with, it's what you do after the conference. It's everything. And it's like those connections that can help take you there. They can help, you know, it's, uh, I had, um, one person come up to me last year and they were like, you know, we really love like, um, so it was part of like the mastermind, you get like an accountability partner. Right. And they're like, their accountability partner was there at them with push. And they're like, everything that we've learned here. Now we have that person that like we've connected on that level now in person too. We're going to, you know, make those phone calls. We're going to have those zoom calls. We're going to help each other basically implement everything that we learned at push and, and move our business forward together. And it's like, sometimes that's all you need. Like that sometimes that's the difference between you actually making it happen. And sometimes it's you just kind of burning out. Like you said, Lacey, mm -hmm. you need that push. Yep. <laughs> Literally. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the good thing about CEO um, and I wanted to touch on that because we kind of went over that really quickly is, you know, there, there may be aspects of your life where you can't come to a live uh, conference this year. Or maybe that's a time of year where you have other things going on. That's why CEO is here. And you can watch it a little more on your own timeline, which is nice. Um, and then there's also a backlog, right, of CEO classes um, from years past. So you can still get education more passively as well. Yeah. But I have found, you know, when it's in front of me, I do it. When I purchase an online thing, I sometimes put it off. So I think it's really important to try and find that balance and do as much of both as you can. Yeah. And I mean, there's always um, that aspect of that element too, but I've also found like within person, it typically carries a higher investment cost financially. Mm -hmm. Yep. And when you are invested financially more, whether you believe it or not, and it's the same reason I say charge for your senior rep programs. Right. You're going to, you're going to value it more. You're going to put more into it because now it's, it's higher stakes. There's, there's more at risk if it doesn't work out. Right. So, you know, with that, I would say, even if 
doesn't matter if you're doing in person or even online, create some sort of like accountability partner system that when you learn, then you say, okay, here's what we're going to do with that, right? Force yourself into some sort of deadline or some sort of time bound constraint, because that's going to make it way more effective for what you learn and are actually able to go on and do in your business. Mm-hmm. Okay. I agree. Lacey, you said you had a few questions. That oh, you- yeah. Absolutely. Well, um, you know, I, I know that you have um, always, you know, when we, when we were judges together, you, you were super into horse photos, by the way, if anyone next year, if you're, <laughs> but what I've noticed about your stuff, you always say, oh, I'm not very creative. I'm just, you know, I do this. I'm like, what the heck? I look at your photos. They're beautiful. So where do you get your creative inspiration from? Because I'm always obsessed with your backlit images and exactly. they're beautiful. Yeah. Thank you. Um, it's funny because like, I don't look for inspiration like on the exterior that much. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and sometimes it's like my senior team will bring me stuff and they're like, Oh, I didn't even know you guys were into this. Like, that's a thing. So like sometimes they'll feed me inspiration, but I think ultimately like what, kind of informs the direction of my photography is like what makes me feel good like what makes me feel happy and it's like if that's shooting backlit images with like the most beautiful sunlight and like bright and bold colors like Mm -hmm. I lean into that so it's not like I'm trying to chase trends here and there which I think can happen in the industry where it's like um it's like oh everybody's doing this I gotta go in that direction everybody's doing this I gotta it's kind of like keeping up with the Joneses so to speak it's like figure out like what makes you happy. Cause at the end of the day, it's like, you know, as, as amazing as Thomas is, as Thomas Wynn is with his mm-hmm. like creative posing and his like amazing color Tony is like, I could never shoot like Thomas. Right. And, and there have been workshops that we've done together where Thomas is like, I'll just slap my preset on and see what, see what you think. And it's like, it's beautiful, but it's not my style. Mm-hmm. And so if you're trying to constantly go after stuff, that's like, not, not you, um like that's at the end of the day not going to lead you anywhere and so what I do for my inspiration is like when I'm feeling in like a rut I even just go back into my feed and I'm like what did I shoot that made me happy what was it about those images that I love because I think if you're constantly trying to like emulate somebody else's editing style or somebody else's posing style it's like it almost at a point becomes like disingenuous to like who you actually are it's like it's it's not you at the end of the day Mm -hmm you're trying to do exactly that emulate somebody else. And so I love looking at my own work and that sounds really narcissistic, which it, <laughs> I'm not trying to make it seem like that, but it's like, I love looking at my own work when I'm in those periods. Cause it's like, it, it, it narrows down my focus to mm-hmm. like where I need it to be, which is like, who am I as a creator? And like, how do I dial in my own style before trying to like create somebody else, like replicate somebody else's style. And so it's like, Figure out like what work it is that you've shot that you love, screenshot it, put it in a folder. And like, what is it about those images? Like I have my favorite images that I can like send off to Vicky for, for when she asked for that, it's in my, you know, podcast Dropbox folder for if, you know, I, I, if people need it for repurposing for anything like that. And it's, if you look at it, it's all like beautiful, like rich sunlight, Mm -hmm. bold colors, like blues and reds and, um, just photos that I'm drawn to because of that. Like I love color. I love backlight. 
And so it's like, that's what I lean into at the end of the day. It's like, yeah, I could shoot other stuff, but it's like, it doesn't, it's like you have that session where it's like, and Alicia and Vicky, I know you guys have probably felt this, where it's like, you love it. Like you love everything mm-hmm. you shot. Like go back to those sessions and think of like, what is it about those? And oftentimes it's because it's resonating with who you truly are as an artist, not because you're trying to, you know, be somebody else or emulate or replicate. Mm-hmm. Well, let's be honest. That's just freaking exhausting. Okay. That's like, yeah. you, um, I've had people say they've, they've given me this, this visual. It's like you're driving a Ferrari and they're running in flip-flops. That's literally what you're doing. You're the flip-flopper yeah. and you're just spinning your wheels. You're not moving your business forward. You're too busy chasing what other people are doing and they're already doing themselves. The thing mm-hmm. that we should be doing. Yeah. And, and it- and it's so funny because it's like, um, I remember, do you guys remember those fairy light shoots? Yeah. Yes. Okay. So side note. So I had, I was like, did not want to do these fairy light shoots for the longest time. Fast forward to one of mine and Thomas's destinations in San Francisco. And lo and behold, one of my gals ends up with the battery and fairy lights in her suitcase from Thomas because he's like, ah, just do the shoot. And it's like, it, the photos were amazing, everything, but it's like, it wasn't what like fed me. It wasn't, it was mm-hmm. like, yeah, I can shoot it and all that stuff, but it's not what you wanted to do. And I think that's what happens when you currently chase the trends. I think you're always like going to be lacking something. You're never going to be truly fulfilled until you really narrow in on your own style. Like what locations do you like shooting in? What type of light do you like working with? What type of style outfits? Like, once you do that, you're like your whole world is going to open up because you're going to be less worried about trying to copy. It's going to be less confusing for your clients to figure out your style and like what they're getting at the end of the day. Like just makes everything easier once you like, in my opinion, stop looking externally and start looking internally. more internally. It's yep. the Marie Kondo effect of does this bring you joy? <laughs> you know, and I, I 100% agree. I think you know, when we are looking at others, we're never, I think that comes through in the photographs and it comes through to our clients too, that we, if we don't know ourselves yet, and it's okay if you're a beginner and listening to this, that you don't know yourself, it does take time. Um, But once you find that, hold on to it, because when you have hard times in your business, you need that. Um, If you're just looking outside. Yeah. In the beginning, I changed my website about every three months uh, to the point that the local photographer group was like, what is wrong with Vicki Black? (laughs) It's pink. It's this. It's that. It's gray. It's and I'm like, it took me forever to figure it out. But once I did, you just stick with it Mm -hmm. and and you just start moving forward. Like once you hone in on it, you have no idea how fast it propels you. Yeah. It's true. It's like stick to what if if you know you like it, like what's the need in changing it up, in my opinion. Yeah. Okay, I think we have time for one more question. Do you have one, Lacey, for him? I do. Um, you know, I I also had the privilege to have Sean uh come do my branding film. And that was an incredible experience. I I still uh I just love it. Um if you guys haven't seen it, you should go watch it because he did an incredible job. Um, but shooting with you, um, I was like, oh crap, he's coming up with really good ideas. Like I'm amazed. <laughs> um, but in your opinion, 
but we may have gone over this, you know, as a judge and a past judge and everything, what, in your opinion, makes a good photograph and how do you decide something you create meets or exceeds your expectations? Is it just the joy factor or do you have um, an, uh, another factor in that that you feel? Um, yeah, so I got into this with somebody and it, it essentially boiled down to like you're never going to create the perfect piece of art and no art that has ever been created in the entire history of the world has ever been perfect. Right. So let's just call it what it is. Mm -hmm. All art is subjective at the end of the day. Yeah. It's why it is, you know, it's not like math where it's like you say four plus four is eight. Like there's no criteria. There's no metric that says this image is good or it's bad. Okay. So at the end of the day, I mean, I think it's like exactly kind of what you said, Lacey. It's like, does it bring you joy? Like, do you resonate it with on some level? Because mm -hmm. if you look at art, if you look at any like photograph that you've ever put out there, the reason you put it out there is because you feel some way about it. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, you're not going to put out something that you don't love. Maybe you are, maybe you're just posting just to post, but you're always going to pick like something that's your favorite. And so it's like, I think what makes a great image is if you can kind of replicate that within somebody else, that emotional aspect of it, that makes a good image, right? Mm -hmm. And it's like, yeah, you can go into like the whole, well, if it's not lit technically perfect, or if it's, you know, if um, maybe you clip the highlights and crunch the blacks a little bit too much or something like that. But at the end of the day, it's like, do you, do you like looking at it? Mm -hmm. Does it make you happy? Is this like, can you feel joy? Is there, some, is there some sort of emotion that's evoked with it? Like at the end of the day, that's a good image. Yeah. And it's kind of like, um, sure. You can try to put parameters on it and all that stuff. Like, yeah, like obviously it should be in focus ideally and, and, and little things like that. But it's like, is that going to ruin the image? And mm -hmm. the answer to that is no. In fact, like um, it was back when we did the, the three or four categories of the push awards. Mm -hmm. And one of the studio studio shots I submitted wasn't perfectly in focus, but it had like some emotion to it and it ended up winning for the best, best black and white or best studio or something like that. And it was because there was some sort of like emotion attached to it. It wasn't the most technically perfect. It was, you know, far from it, but it, it evoked some sort of emotion. And at the end of the day, I think that's what it's all about. Like if you are constantly trying to chase the perfect lighting and perfect pose and all these technicalities. Like I, yeah, you're going to create a technically sound image, but at the end of the day, it's like, is that, is that what art is about? Is it like, is it about creating these images that fit certain criteria, certain molds or anything like that? I think it's, it has to go beyond that. Um, and so it's like, I don't think there's like a set criteria for like what makes a good image other than it like it invokes some, some sort of feeling, mm -hmm. some sort of emotion with you at the end of the day. Um, and it and it's like a unique take, like, have we seen it over and over again? Or is mm -hmm. it like a new a newer concept or a newer angle or vision or something like that? Like, those are what are going to draw people to the images that you yeah. produce at the end of the day. And that's what ultimately is a great image. And yeah. I think people should keep that in mind as they shoot with each client this year so they can build up for the end of the year, you know, hot 100 kind of stuff. And I know you said one more question, but I had one and it's a short one. 
short answer <laughs> question. In if you could give a piece of advice, business advice or whatever, in one sentence to oh. photographers, I know that's hard. <laughs> what would that piece of advice be? One <laughs> sentence. I know. Um, I think that everything that I've ever done in my business boils down to this one thing. And it's don't be afraid to try. At the end of the day, if you are constantly searching for perfection, if you're like constantly worried about like, are they going to apply to my rep team? Or what happens when I raise my prices? Like everything is rooted into just freaking do it. Yeah. Like just try it. And guess what? If it doesn't work, you learned. That it doesn't work and you need to revamp it in some way. And if it does work, then guess what? Keep doing it. But you're never going to know if it works or if it doesn't. And so I, the one thing that I see is like what gets people to where they're going faster is the people that are willing to just to just try it and are not worried about what the result is. You either get, as my business coach says, you either get the results you want or, or the, the results you want or the lesson you need. And I think if you can look at it from that perspective, everything changes. Mm -hmm. There isn't failure. It's just, what did I learn? And the more you do that with every aspect, whether that's marketing, whether it's pricing, whether it's senior teams, whether it's um, shooting this image with this prism or whatever, just try mm -hmm. it. And if it doesn't work out, adjust it or, or get rid of it. Right. Yeah. And that's at the end of the day, just don't be afraid to just, just do it. It's like Nike, right? Nike. Yeah, do it. Yeah. <laughs> well, Sean, thank you. And Lacey, you touched upon the hot 100, not to incite, you know, sleepless nights or anything, but I am wrapping up the community choice awards magazine. The hot 100 magazine is done. It's over 320 pages. Oh, it's, wow. it's incredible. A lot, yeah. Um, the hot, the community choice awards. It's beautiful too. I love that this year, there's images that won in the Hot 100 that the community picked for the Community Choice Awards. Mm -hmm. uh, so there is some duplication, and I'm very excited about that as I'm doing it. And the, the magazines are just beautiful. I can't wait to release the covers, who got the covers, all that tomorrow. It's a lot so of talent. Much. A lot yeah. of talent. So yeah. much talent. I mean, even the people who are not in this magazine, it's mind-blowing I mean, for them to have four Zoom calls this year is crazy. You know what it's like, Sean and yeah. Lacey. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we've been uh, twice for me. Yeah. At least once for you, Lacey. Once for Hot 100 and once yeah. for Modern Teen or 25 Most Influential. Yeah, yeah. 25 Most Influential is coming. Um, it's going to come out in March. We're going to open up for that. And we're going to add to the 25 Most flu Influential Teen and Tween Photographers, 25 photographers that are on our radar meaning mm. they have been in business for um, five years or less. Oh, wow. Then, yeah. So this year is going to be a little crazy, but Sean, you're always a breath of fresh air. Thank you. Um, thank you for, for having me on. No, thanks thank for your day. And guys, watch the replay if you've missed yes. this and hit us up with questions. We're all in the group. We're all around. And if you want to get more of Sean and Lacey, they will be at Push 2023 and both will be at CEO. Yeah. Our yeah. Connect event online. Are you running your business like a CEO or are you running it like the intern?
Yeah. Yep. So true. that awesome. announcement is Monday. Oh Sean's God. wrapping up his presentation. It sounds like, yay! I am. I yeah. Not that it wasn't due last week or anything, but uh, yeah, I've been. It's been it's been a busy month to say the least for me. You're on my post-it note. I have four people that I'm kind of like. I think oh, I'm on that post-it note because I didn't send you your last one too. <laughs> There's a tab. It will be recorded ideally, hopefully by tomorrow at the latest. Well, I've watched all of them that have been turned in. They've been uploaded, and I am just blown away. They, there's just so much, and yeah, yeah it's just incredible. But thank you guys, and well, everyone, thank you for, thank you for watching. We're going to turn this into one of our podcast episodes, like we always do with these, and you'll have the replay here, and it'll be on our YouTube, so it'll always be accessible for you. Bye, guys. Bye. Thank Bye. you.